the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. All right, so the Raptors come back home and take two easy wins against Charlotte and Orlando. And in between that, they have a team high, a record high, rather, of 40 assists in a game. Unbelievable stuff. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the Stadium TV network, part of the Overtime Media crew, and we are coming to you live from the Vivid Seats studio. So coming home, people were anticipating that game, game one on uh, on Monday, I believe it was, to be a trap game, but everything turned out all right against Charlotte. They they took it quite handedly. And against Orlando, that wasn't much of a challenge either, so things are looking up. And we're going to talk all things Toronto Raptors tonight. Joining me to do so, familiar voice, Jordan Kligman of the 416 Basketball Podcast. Bro, it's good to have you back. What's going on? Um, I'm sitting here in my and one basketball shorts. <laughs> I think they're worth a little bit more money now. You know, I stocked up on these when they were $5 in the summer from Walmart. Oh my God. Fred really going to add a lot of value to the brand and I'm glad I invested early. Let's talk about that. We can We can kick this off real quick. Were you surprised to see him in and one? Because I I want to say it was the Celtics game in game two where they sort of like inadvertently zoomed in on his shoe and you see the and one logo and I didn't even realize they still made those shoes. Well, they're a discount brand now. So like, I don't know why Fred wants to associate himself with them. Like, I feel like he's above them, but I think it's good for him if they He's getting a lot of money from them. It's good for him. Uh, I was kind of hoping Greg Monroe would sign with And One because he <laughs> yells And One every time he shoots because he true. thinks he's he's getting fouled. But Greg Monroe's not in the NBA anymore, so I guess it couldn't have been him. Not only did Fred VanVleet nab sponsorship, but they they made him the face of the brand. Now, I know like a brand like Ann One, they're sort of in the shadows now compared to when like Stefan Marbury was the global ambassador, I guess, for Ann One. But now it's uh, they're sort of emerging, I guess you could say, and maybe appealing to the Canadian market exclusively. I'm not sure, but that's pretty cool that, you know, you went from undrafted to being uh, an ambassador, pretty much the face of the of the brand for Ann One. Yeah, like, if you look at the clothing, like, as I said, I'm actually wearing the shorts right now. They're comfortable, yeah. They're very good shorts. Yeah. Like, if if there was a Nike logo on this, it would be, like, the same material. Like, it, it doesn't matter. They're, they're great. I think they're my best shorts. I have, like, four different pairs. It's just, it's all about image with the, these athletic brands is, like, who we got as sponsors and Fred being ahead of the brand i think that's gonna probably help them it's gonna take them out from being a discount brand probably to being um more expensive i don't know like i don't think they're gonna go back to like their 50 dollar shorts or whatever they used to be back in the day but they're definitely gonna go up from the five bucks like that those days these days are over do you think they're trying to exclusively appeal to the canadian market or do you think they're trying to make this a a at least a north american thing I have no idea. I honestly, because I think what happened was the owner at the time, I forget how many years ago, sold. And then they were like an exclusive or something of Walmart. Mm. So like, I don't, I don't actually know who 
who owns them now or what what's going on i have no i honestly have no idea um but you know i'm i'm just in it for the the inexpensive clothing and my days are numbered i guess yeah if it feels good i'll i'll wear it i don't care well to a certain degree i care what the brand is and represents but you know most of the time if it's comfortable i'll wear it i don't really care what it looks like um but yeah i mean like it's kind of cool i hope the first shoe that he comes out with is like a little stitch like uh like a little um set of stitches on the side of the shoe to you know signify maybe the the eye injury or under the eye injury he had in the finals or something i'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff that has been on yourself or maybe the fred van vliet logo along with it i don't know but uh kudos to fred van vliet you know you go from undrafted to uh getting a finals MVP nod to uh, now being the face of a franchise. It doesn't really matter what kind of franchise it is. You are the face of it. So I'm sure it's humbling for him. Yeah. I'm just wondering what happens to Fred's line of his brand. Does he have to shut that down now? If he's nah, nah, probably not. That's probably like worked within the country. He has two kids. He has Fred Van yeah. Lee Jr. He has to feed. So no, <laughs> he probably keeps that alive and well. Yeah. We'll see. All right, well, we have a whole lot to talk about when it comes to the Toronto Raptors, but I, I kind of want to get some house cleaning out of the way first, and then we can dive right into it. All right, so first of all, um, if you're listening to this for the first time, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy it, and uh, what are you waiting for? Subscribe to it right now. We're on all your podcatchers that you use. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, all the podcatchers that you use, we should be there. So hit the subscribe button, and while you're there, if you haven't already, specifically on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Leave a five-star review and a quick little blurb. It helps us out a bunch. It helps make this more accessible to those that are looking for Raptors content on the regular. We provide that, and it's all about connecting to you guys. So if you have the time, just take two seconds out of your day, hit five stars, and leave a review real quick. Um, Also, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are coming to you live from the Vivid Seat Studios. There's a huge game this coming Monday at the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. And for the first time since the shot and their dreams were shattered, the 76ers returned to face the defending world champs. And we want to help you get in on the action. It's simple. Visit the Vivid Seats app. We've partnered with Vivid Seats to give you the best opportunity to see your reigning, defending, and undisputed champions live. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the events you want to go to, whether it's a Raptors game, a concert, a theater show, a comedy show. Whatever you want to go to, they've got you covered. And they made it super simple, man. All you got to do is download the Vivid Seats app on your favorite device, an iPhone, an Android. I don't know if people are still using Windows Phone, but you can use that too. And search for your event, whatever event you're looking for. And you can sort by price or look at the seats in the section and or row of your choice. It doesn't matter. The Vivid Seats app has it all. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called the Vivid Seats Rewards. And the best part is you're automatically enrolled in this. I can't believe this is real and they eliminated the red tape. You don't have to do anything. All you got to do is download the app and sign up and that's it. And that's not all. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guaranteed. You're not going to get scammed. You're going to get your tickets. And if you, for some reason, there's any issue, Vivid Seats has you covered. And here at the South of the Six podcast, we're hooking you up, man. Check it out. First time customers, 
that use promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, all one word, first-time customers, get up to 100 bucks off their first ticket purchase. It's just like free money to go see a game or a theater show or a concert. You're pretty much, go- they're paying you to go there by using promo code OVERTIME. So head on over to the Vivid Seats app, type in promo code Overtime and save up to 100 bucks on tickets. It's that simple. We got a jam-packed show for you today. I know there's a topic that Jordan feels pretty, pretty uh, passionate about. Hang on tight. We're going to be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Jordan, I don't want to waste any time. Uh, let's talk about the controversy regarding Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, and CJ Miles apparently not getting championship rings, despite reports this past summer to the contrary. Um, you've been a strong JV backer for quite a while, so I imagine that you have some strong feelings about this, or maybe not. So chop it up. How do you think this was handled? Do you think that the Raptors made the correct call here, or do you think that this was sort of a special circumstance that ought to have been given some sort of consideration specifically for Jonas Valanciunas? I'm outraged. I'm absolutely (laughs) outraged. I think it's not... I want to say it's not that... I don't know how to phrase this, because I think the circumstances... um, lean in Valanciunas's favor like if Draymond Green doesn't dislocate Jonas Valanciunas's finger we don't trade him that right. doesn't happen the team went into a lull after his injury he never played another game for the Raptors again that trade doesn't happen I'm telling you it, it just doesn't happen because uh, the, te- the team was doing ve- extremely well with Valanciunas with the starters that was actually our best lineup last season was Valanciunas in the starting lineup. By net rating, that was our best lineup. We don't make that trade. So I I don't know uh, if we win the title with Valanciunas, but I think he deserves a ring because it's just it's not fair how things played out for him. I think where things get a little murky is guys like Greg Monroe, Malachi Richardson, and uh, Lorenzo Brown then it's like, should those guys get rings? Like, they were on the team at some point, but Greg Monroe kind of covered his bases playing for us, Philly, and Boston last year. Like, (laughs) he had a pretty good shot at winning a a ring, if you look at those odds. So it's it's kind of weird like that. And then if we look at, like, C.J. Miles, like, I think we were all disappointed with his his career with the Raptors. Um, So it's like, does he really deserve a ring and then you go to DeLon Wright it's like yeah he was okay but like if you go into the advanced stats he really wasn't great with the Raptors so it's like the only guy that really deserved it was Valanciunas but I don't think you could just give to Valanciunas because then it would look weird it's like why are you just giving to him why are you not giving so it's like I think the Raptors were in a difficult spot right but the the thing the whole thing my huge takeaway from this is this is the most love Valanciunas has ever gotten from the Raptors fan base. <laughs> I saw so much hate over the years uh, for him. Like people claim he didn't play defense and all this crazy stuff, but now people are are outraged, and I love it. I love that now finally people recognize Valanciunas and what he meant to the team. But I I think the Raptors were in a tricky place and. I don't know all the details with what they promised and who said what, like 
there's all this claiming, oh, yeah, they were asking him his ring size and stuff, but I don't know, was that Lowry asking Valanciunas his ring size? Was that the front office? So there's, there's all these, like, weird rumors and, like, misinformation. Like, I don't think we actually know what the Raptors uh, were intending to do. Um, so I, I think it's hard to say, oh, yeah, they were they were going to give him, and then they changed their mind. I don't think we really know that. All right. Well, there's there's a lot of variables and layers when it comes to this um, this issue here. And you're right. I do think that a lot of Raptors fans on Twitter specifically, and a little bit on the subreddit too, if you if you want to take a dive into there, um, they've been vocal about this and in favor of JV getting a ring. And they're sort of, uh, I don't want to say outcasting, but they're sort of setting aside or maybe understanding more so why players like DeLon Wright and CJ Miles ought not to get rings. Um, I'm not saying that they didn't have their contributions. I'm not saying that they didn't have their moments with the team. I'm just saying when you look at the gravity of the situation as, along with the pedigree established by Jonas Valanciunas, fuck man, this guy was drafted by the Raptors. Um, you know, they, they, not that DeLon wasn't, but they have... Uh, a little less of of a standing with in Raptors lore compared to Jonas Valanciunas, and I think there's always going to be a special place in the hearts of Raptors fans for Jonas Valanciunas. Um, regarding what you said about you know the promises or the um, the situation over the summer in terms of the, the 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 promise or whatever to give Jonas Valanciunas a ring, uh, so I, I saw an article on Yahoo Sports today because I did my research about this, and during the FIBA World Cup, JV was asked during a post-game scrum if he expected to receive a ring to which he responded that Lowry had asked him directly what's your ring size so I get why this would sort of hurt him because you know he looked disheveled he looked a little disappointed when it was reported to him that he wasn't going to receive a ring because Kyle Lowry pretty much came out with the cock tease and saying hey man what's your ring size oh never mind we're pulling it back so like I, I understand why a this would be upsetting to the fans but moreover why this would be upsetting to JV yeah, I'm, I'm guessing Lowry just didn't know. Like, he just assumed that uh, Valanciunas was getting a ring and he didn't have all all the details. That's true, but... All right, so this is this is what's challenging when it comes to this because we've, we've heard, you know, leading up to game one of this season, especially doing, like, the ring ceremony and they had specials on, like, Sportsnet and whatnot prior to the ring ceremony about how the rings were made and how Kyle Lowry had a huge hand and participation when it came to the design of the ring, you figure that Kyle Lowry maybe had more of a say than other players on the team as to who gets one, right? And it, it baffles me that Kyle Lowry can have his, his mitts all over the design and how he wanted it to look and how big it was going to be and how many diamonds, but he didn't have at all a say at all as to who would get one? That seems puzzling to me. I, I honestly don't know how those those things work. And <laughs> like the, there was the, the interesting part with him in the summer where he was like, if we don't give him the extension he wants, he's going to demand a trade or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when did he have all this time like to, to design the ring and really be buddy buddy with the front office and have all this information like i i i i don't know what's what's true and like i think it's hard to assume things no for sure for sure but you know a lot of people want to make the comparison 
with Anderson Vergeau and how that was handled. And, you know, so this, this was pretty much asked um, to Bobby Webster directly as to, you know, why didn't Jonas Valanciunas get a ring? And it's important to note that it's not common for former players to be given championship rings, even those that were that had been traded midseason at the deadline. So this isn't like anything out of the ordinary when it comes to the history of championship rings and who is to get one and who is not. Uh, Bobby Webster sort of reinforced this. He says, it's not an easy, this is a quote, it's not an easy decision, but to be honest, I think it's standard. I mean, we did our homework. We talked to teams, and I think, I don't remember, there was maybe one scenario where a team offered one. I think it was Anderson Vergeau in Golden State, but I think it was a really unique circumstance. It's obviously not a feel-good thing, but I think that's the way the league is. So it kind of is puzzling to me that, you know, we have this attitude as an organization of separating ourselves from the pack. We had this attitude and, you know, the slogan, we the North, even though that era is sort of subsided, we had this attitude of like, we are not like other organizations, both on and off the floor. Like you see on the floor, like we're a little bit different. We're running box and once for fuck's sake. And, um, we're also like, I don't know, our development uh, program or, you know, how players developed in our system is, is very, very robust. So in that way, we're sort of separating ourselves from the pack. Why can't the, I don't want to say ethical issues, but why can't the, the nuanced emotional issues be different than how things historically have been in the NBA when it comes to the Raptors? That's my gripe when it comes to this. I think they could, they could do whatever they want. It, right. Just like I said, I think they just, it was hard to, where, where do you draw the line? Like, if we're just going to give Valanchunas then the other guys are going to be upset, right? And then if you give him DeLon and CJ, then it's like, well, Lorenzo Brown, Malachi Richardson, Greg Monroe are on the team. It's like, why are you leaving them out? Like, they, they did play. Like, so it's, I think it's just where do you draw the line? I think that's the hardest thing. I don't, I don't think it's like, oh, yeah, well, he just wasn't on the team when we, when we won the title. Um, in the finals, so we're not giving him. I think it's just like it was hard to where do we draw the line, and um, they I, they should have given Valanciunas a ring. It's it's tough. Like I remember when the Warriors last won, they gave like their equipment manager a ring. That guy <laughs> just pretty much does the laundry. Like yeah, come on. Well, I mean that's you know you're you're talking about the equipment manager for Golden State, but like. I'm not saying these are on par at all, so no one like shoot at me at Twitter and saying that I'm I'm making relationships here or parallels here. But I'm not. But like it's puzzling to me that a guy like JV, who has played 470 games with the Raptors, like on the floor, contributed, right, and was a huge part of making the Raptors good when they weren't. Uh, he doesn't get a ring. But Nav does. Like, that seems puzzling to me. Like, I, don't get me wrong. When Nav got his ring, I was like, all right, that's that's a nice little nod because Nav is this, like, enigmatic figure that's a super fan. He sort of represents the entirety, quote-unquote, of Raptors fanhood. Like, he's the guy that's stuck with this team through and through no matter what, never missed a game, blah, blah, blah. He gets a ring. But Yodas Valanciunas doesn't get a ring? Like, that seems very weird to me. How much has that guy spent on Raptors tickets and merchandise over the years, though? Probably more like than the ring costs. <laughs> yeah, he, he just like insane. Like 
he's fully invested. Um, so I think it's like they want to keep him happy. That just it's like a nice thing to do, keep him happy. And yeah, but if he's not getting a ring, it's not like he's not showing up anymore. No, but I think it's just it's just a. I don't know. Like it, it's. I think it's two different things where it's players and then people associated with the Raptors. It like it, it's 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 a different side of things. Okay. Because um, there's not a player's ring, also, right? Like Valanciunas, he would have gotten a player's ring. Right. So that that I feel like that's a different category, and it's where it's where do you draw the line with the players and. They didn't want to make that decision who wasn't going to get a ring that was on the team last year. So they're just like, oh, but nobody that if you weren't on the team in the in the finals, you don't get it. But it's it sucks. And Valanciunas deserved one. But it, they, I think they were in a tough spot, honestly, to, to make a decision like that. I mean, these are grown ass men like I, I, I you already got traded. Right. Like in terms of CJ Miles and DeLon, right. You already got traded. Like, you you don't think you can handle, or the, sorry, I think they can handle rather the the notion of hey, you guys don't get a ring, but JV does because he meant more to this organization than you guys did. I don't think they'd scoff at that. In fact, I think they would agree with that. Yeah, I'm just thinking though, like if Malachi Richardson got a ring, like that ring is ending up in a pawn shop like the next week. <laughs> it, it just is like, so it's like. It's a tough situation. Valanciunas deserved a ring. I, I, they should have given him one, but it's just like how. Then you have to justify who, who doesn't, and it it sucks. But like, it's it's a tough decision. And I feel you. Like I, I would have given him a ring, and I would have said like, screw everybody else. <laughs> but like <laughs> that, that would have probably looked worse. Like uh, Delon and CJ not getting one, but Valanciunas getting one. That pro- that probably does would have looked worse for the, the organization, but that that's probably what I would have done. Well, all right. Well, a lot of people like to reference the Vera Zhao thing, and here's the thing about it: he only played 14 games with Golden State during the 2016-17 season, and he was waived. Um, and moreover, according to an article on CBS Sports, it was a team and coach's decision to give him the ring. Um, Verichau explained two weeks ago, I got a call from Golden State and they told me that there was a vote between the players and the coaching staff and they decided that it would be well-deserved that I received a ring for the time I spent with them. The recognition, their affection makes me proud and honored. I will accept this ring, which represents much more than a title to me. It represents our history together. Every moment I spent with them. Now, that seems a little over-embellished to me, right? So it, it, specifically the part where he says, this represents our history together and every moment I spent with them. Vergeau spent a total of 36 games with the Warriors. 36 games total with the Warriors. Compare that to the aforementioned 470 games JV had with the Raptors over the course of six and a half years. Like, this seems a little weird to me. Like, Verizhao can get a ring after 36 games in a player's and coach's vote? Like, it seems like the decision on the Raptors' behalf was made by upper management alone. And I feel like in this circumstance, this is one of those unique circumstances where maybe this should have been a team-slash-coaching-staff vote. And 
you know, if the it raises the questions that, you know, Bobby Webster, as I said, he said he did his research. Okay, all I had to do was do a quick Google search, and I found this article on CBS Sports. If he did his research, don't you think that this would be one of the situations where they would have left this in the team's hand to decide? Well, they saw, you know, Jose Calderon didn't get a ring from the Warriors when they won. He only spent like two hours with the team before they <laughs> cut him for like Matt Barnes because like Kevin Durant got injured or something. Right. But <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's 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 tough. It's tough. I think saying the research research part, I think that's bad. Like, why would you even say that? Like, it's, I went to a weird. Yahoo, I mean, a CBS Sports site. And I found yeah. this like it, there's no way that he did not know this. And in this type of circumstance, it, it's kind of beneficial to Bobby Webster to be like, hey, DeLon, CJ, don't blame me. This is this was the team voting on me. If it was up to me, none of you motherfuckers would have gotten one. But I, I it's not up to me. They voted for JV to get one. Like, I think that was the appropriate way to handle it. Well, I, I think if there was a vote, um, real, everyone would have gotten a ring. Because I don't think anyone would want their name attached to saying, oh, it will leak out this person voted no right. for like Malachi Richardson to get a ring, Lorenzo Brown to get a ring. You voted no. I can't believe you did that. You're a bad teammate. Like that kind of that kind of stuff would, would leak out and stuff. So I think if there was a vote, I think everybody would have gotten a ring. But this is a dictatorship. It's a business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so we'll put a bow on this one, but I, I do want to circle back to what you were saying that, you know, Raptors Twitter is sort of giving JV love and you found it a little perplexing, you know, given that pretty much throughout the vast majority of his time here, and if it wasn't his entire tenure here with the Raptors, um, he sort of got like demolished by the fanboy fan uh fanhood like a bunch like there was a lot of people on twitter eager to bash the efforts of jv and uh, i kind of wanted to get your take on how you think that's sort of perplexing now that they're saying like oh jv deserved the ring even though like at one point in time he was pretty much bashed for his efforts with the team yeah i think it's interesting because at the time when we picked him i wasn't like a big fan of the pick and then I wasn't a big fan of him early on, but like once he started playing well and like people didn't recognize he was playing well, I felt the need to defend him. Mm. Like it was, it, I always found it weird that he would get all these attacks and I don't know what that was based on. Like he became like an adequate defender. Like these last few years, you can look to his early career when he wasn't a good defender, I admit that, like, that was clear, but he became an adequate defender, and people just assumed he was still a bad defender, and assumed, like, he, every time, was like, oh, yeah, pick and roll, he's getting roasted, and it's like, all these, all these just assumed things that, like, with, with him, rather than just watch the game, like, he's a very good basketball player, he was helping the Raptors on both ends last year, the previous year, he was helping the Raptors on both ends too. Like, I I don't understand why that 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 hate existed, but I I don't like I'm not a fan of of outrage like in society these days. It's like oh I don't like that and like just every <laughs> like everyone's freaks out. This person needs to be canceled. This person like let's expose this person. 
Um, I don't like that kind, this kind of culture now, but um, I, I, I do appreciate that, it, like, finally people recognize Valanchunas. Well, hopefully this is a situation that um, sort of blows over at this point. I mean, he did seem, I did mention that he seemed a little disheveled for the, dis, uh, for the decision and very disappointed. Um, hopefully this is something that just sort of, you know, they move on from. I have no doubt that they will. Um, he sort of handled it with, with pride, I guess you could say, with grace. Um, he said it's their decision. There's nothing more I can do about it. Like, if that's what they decide, what's best, and that's what they decide. Um, you can't ask for a, a, a better response than that. Um, I, I'm sure the media outlets would want some sort of outrage just to just to get those sound bites in. But he handled it with class, like JV. You know, we we figured he would. Um, I don't know if maybe this uh, the results of the outrage. Maybe there will be a, a change of plans, and it will be sort of incognito under the radar, and we'll never know about it. That's certainly a possibility. Um, I, I just don't know. But it, it's cool to see JV finally get some sort of love here. Um, and, you know, like not all things end, uh, ended poorly for him. He did end up going to Memphis, signed an extension there. He's getting $45 million over three years. It's pretty good, um, especially for a center that's sort of like losing. That style of center is not conducive with today's NBA necessarily. And so it, seeing him get a pretty decent bag... Um, it's good. So hopefully things work out for him. And, you know, it's it, to put a bow on this, it's good to see that Raptors Twitter and specifically Raptors Reddit is like having his back when it comes to this quote unquote issue. Yeah, he's playing well in Memphis. Like even <laughs> I'm upset because he started the year on a minutes restriction mm. uh, because he had this foot injury. I think that's uh, lifting now, but like, he was having like these double doubles and like I don't know like twenty or twenty two minutes per game like just over and over again. He's playing well. That he was great last year. Um, in that short amount of time, I'm I'm happy he's playing well. I <laughs> I don't know what else. To, it's gonna be nice seeing him rock the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. It's a good point. All right, uh, let's take a quick timeout. Um... Uh, we got to take this time to talk about another one of our sponsors. Guys, November is just about to wrap up, but there's still time, plenty of time, to get all your sports betting needs met. That's right. Your football, college football, hockey, and, of course, basketball betting fix can be found only at one place, mybookie.ag. They've got it all. Whether you want to bet on a specific game or whether or not the Raptors will repeat as champions, currently mybookie has got them at a plus 3,300 odds. Mybookie has you covered. You can make bets on individual quarters, halves, player props like points, rebounds, assists, and so much more. And if you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little but win a lot, try a parlay. If you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. And now is the best time to get in on this, so much so that we've got a special offer. When you sign up over at mybookie.ag, new users that use promo code overtime again o-v-e-r-t-i-m-e all one word my bookie will match your first deposit halfway all the way up to a grand the math is legit guys it's simple if you deposit say a, a 
2,000 bucks, you get an extra thousand in free money that you can play with. Easy. I can't believe this is real. They're pretty much giving you free money to win more money. So head on over to mybookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME. At mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. One more time, mybookie.ag, promo code OVERTIME. Don't go anywhere. We have much more Raptors coverage for you. We will be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, did you uh, get the opportunity to see the Sportsnet.ca article released uh, earlier this week regarding the scenario of a possibility of Kyle Lowry being traded? I refuse to click on that article. (laughs) I refuse. It's clickbait. Like, no, I'm not clicking. I'm sorry. I'm not. That's not something... I'm going to click on I I can get a sense of what they'd put in that article but I I'm not giving them the the click through for that. All right. Well, you're not wrong. Put it that way. You're 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 right that it is 100% clickbait. Um of course we know that Lowry right now is out due to a thumb injury and he's expected to be reevaluated in the near future, but I think this article and this conversation rather it's largely due on the acceleration of Fred Van Vliet, who is, in my opinion, he's proven himself to be a capable starting point guard in the NBA, so much so that he's the face of the and one brand. I mean, come on, you love those shorts. Um, now, before we continue, there's a couple of things that we need to address when it comes to this article. You nailed it. This is clickbait, so much so that the author's name is nowhere to be found. Like whoever wrote this article, they, I'm pretty sure that it's been omitted because like, it's probably a preventative measure for inevitable backlash, as you said, and, you know, maybe it would be merely, you know, it's something that people would just bitch at this person about. I get it. And it's not common practice for Sportsnet to do this. Um, but you know, it is noteworthy. Uh, secondly, and more importantly, if you know, you said you didn't read the article, you refused to, I did. This article does not enforce the notion that the team should trade Lowry. They're not saying they should. <laughs> They're not. Rather, they just explore the notion for both the pros and the cons. And, you know, this is what happens when people react to a mere headline. Um, yeah. They're just talking about what if Kyle Lowry is traded? Is this going to make the team better? And the consensus within the articles clearly states no the team would not be better if they traded Kyle Lowry. But it does raise the question. You know, he's on the books for $33.3 million next season. And after si- that was after signing an extension this offseason. You mentioned it earlier in the show. Fred Van Vliet will be an unrestricted free agent next year, and OG will pretty much be in line for an extension himself. So maybe that's why they're trying to think of this scenario to free up cap space. Do you see a scenario in which that you value the longevity of this team that includes a Fred Van Vliet and an OG Ananobi in order to uh, you know, afford them as well as one of the free agents in 2021, even though Kyle Lowry's not going to be on the books by then? If they traded Kyle Lowry, though, they'll be able to afford the aforementioned two. Which scenario would you rather have? Between Fred and OG? Yeah, like say next year with Kyle Lowry's 33.3 yeah. million, they can't afford both an extension, a long-term contract rather, maybe even a max, I don't even know, for Fred Van Vliet and an OG extension. 
Well, they, they could if they go into the luxury tax or right. whatever. But yeah, so I, I get what you're saying that like if you're going to spending this money, money has to come off the books or whatever, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so I'm okay. So before the season, I think I entertained the notion of trading Lowry because he's on expiring contract. Him, um, Gasol, and Abaka just like get what you can for them. Just get assets. They're they might not be on the team next year. I think I even said they're not going to be on the team next year. But I think we're at the point where you just can't trade Lowry. You can't like what like we saw the backlash when we traded DeRozan, what he meant to the organization. Lowry has now been called a legacy player or legacy status by Masai. Like mm-hmm. we 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 won a championship. We we can't we just can't trade unless he asks for a trade. We we can't trade him. It, the optics are just they're too bad to to do that. You you can't. Um, the interesting thing I was thinking, um, if the Raptors understand that Fred Van Fleet, they can't pay him, that somebody's going to offer him a boatload of money, we could trade him potentially. I don't want to do it, but like, if you realize, oh, we can't pay him what the crazy money that somebody else is going to throw at him, you could potentially trade him. And I think... Oh, the interesting thing is Fred Van Fleet's on off this season is negative 8.7. I just, I just want to make fun of on off. Cause like he's been playing, <laughs> he's been playing great. I just want to pause there, but he's been playing great. Like everyone brings up on off with the Rosen. Yes. Like, oh yeah. Negative, whatever. Uh, he, he's been negative his whole career. Like this on off stuff, like, it really doesn't mean anything, honestly. Like, I think Terrence Davis's on-off is like plus thirteen point nine or something. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> He's been playing well. Yes. But not that well. Like, I know he just had a nineteen-point game, but like, he's not better than Fred. I'm no. So, I'm sorry. No, he's not. Good. Yeah. So, if if it's a money problem thing. Fred is the guy I'd look to trade. Like we have, as you mentioned, OG is a restricted free agent. We're we're not letting him go. We're we'd match anything for for him. He's been playing great this season, really taking that next leap. But with Fred, if if you're worried, you can't afford to pay him, or because like he could just say, you know what, um, Lowry's here. Davis has been playing well. Maybe I want my own team. Maybe I want my own. Like we don't know what 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 Fred is thinking. Like he like if, even if the Raptors want to pay him, he might just be like, you know what? I want to go somewhere else. I want to go like I'm from Chicago or whatever. I want to go to Chicago. Like that that could potentially be in play. So if if we're trading a, a point guard, I I, I think it would be Fred. So it's important to note that um, I I perhaps misled you. I. OG is not a restricted free agent next year. I just thought he might be in line for an oh. extension, but maybe he's not. Maybe this is an opportunity to sort of soak in the money. Um, right now, he has one more contracted year in 20 yeah. and 21. And then in 21, 22, he has a qualifying offer for uh, about five and a half million, a little bit more. 
And then in 2021, if, if obviously if that's not extended to him, he'll be a restricted free agent. Um, so there is this opportunity that like OG and Anobi can still be, you know, that contract extension doesn't necessarily have to happen next year. But if he continues this level of play throughout the entirety of this year, Masai Jerry has sort of not proven, but he's been sort of the guy historically to wrap up these things quick before they get to that point. You could say Norman Powell. I know Fred Van Vliet two years ago signed an extension. They were worried about him. I know Phoenix was a hot team uh, a couple years back that he might have gone to. He seems to like to get these done quick. And so when it comes to OG Ananobi, it wouldn't surprise me if next year he's like, hey, we're really inspired about what you've done uh, this past year. We want to lock you up long term. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't for the sake of, well, I don't know what's going to be available in 2021. Who knows? Or for Fred Van Vliet, that that money is going to be tied up elsewhere. I don't know. But when it comes to Kyle Lowry's $33.3 million next year, you know, you mentioned that in this offseason, correct me if I'm wrong, you mentioned that there was some sense in the notion of trading Kyle Lowry because he was on an expiring contract. You're saying that doesn't hold true next offseason because now he's like solidified as perhaps the greatest Raptor of all time and pretty much been immortalized by Masai Ujiri? I I think he has to ask for a trade or be open to a trade. I don't think they can just shank him. Mm. Like I, I don't I don't think I think that just it wouldn't play well. And he's I think he's selling a lot of merchandise. Like I think his jersey sell well. And he he's, he was playing really well this year before he got injured. It was it was incredible how well he was playing. Yes. Um, the injury is obviously a concern. The high amount of minutes he was playing probably wasn't great for that. But I, I think he he just won. You gotta you gotta ride out. And I know Bill Simmons was saying that the Raptors can't move him because he makes too much money. That there's like teams that like can't t- most teams can't take take on that money. And I, there's probably a lot of teams that cannot. But like if the Raptors wanted to move him. They could get it done. Like the, there's there's teams out there that that would that would make it happen. But um, yeah, I, I just can't see the organization at this point doing that. But I could be wrong. Well, there is an argument to be made, and I'm not saying I'm for this. I'm just saying like sort of oversaturate the market elsewhere in order to lock up Fred VanVleet because I do think that you know as m- maybe as tough as this may be to hear for Raptors fans listening to this, I think for the future of the organization, the long-term future, not near-term, not currently, long-term future of the organization, Fred Van Vliet is far more important than Kyle Lowry. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, uh, Assuming that Fred resigns, yeah. yeah. If, there, if there was a, like you could have Kyle Lowry for three years or Fred VanVleet for three years, who are you take? Yeah, I would take Fred. Right, because he's young and you know the longevity factor. It's a little bit uh, less dire than perhaps maybe Kyle Lowry's situation. He's on the wrong side of thirty right now. That says nothing ill about Kyle Lowry's talents. It's just like historically this these types of uh, performances don't necessarily hold up. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying historically they don't. Um, so with Fred Van Vliet, like, you have the opportunity to lock him up long term, 
I mentioned like there's a strategy in oversaturating the market. Again, I'm not necessarily agreeing with this philosophy, but there's an argument to be made that maybe trading Kyle Lowry to a point guard needy team now will prevent Fred Van Vliet from potentially signing with that team in the offseason. You know what I mean? I, I get that, but I think it's like two different... They appeal to two different types of teams. Like I think Lowry would appeal to a team like going for the playoffs now and trying to compete, whereas I think Fred fits a lot of buckets where it's like it could be a team trying to compete. It could be also a team trying to build around youth and trying to build for the future. So I don't think they they could overlap with the type of teams that are interested in them, but they also there's some teams that might be interested in Fred that just like our our window's not now. We don't want Lowry. I'm thinking teams specifically like Miami. Like Miami, I feel like is a good fit for either. Like in the situation where they a potential or a hypothetical rather situation in which they would trade Kyle Lowry this season or in the off season to Miami. That sort of makes sense, or maybe just as much sense as Fred Van Vliet signing there. I feel like both of those players fit the near-term void the same. Does Miami have any like assets they'd be willing to give up? Not really, but like I, I don't, I don't know that that matters if it means clearing off the books for Masai. So what you're saying just. D- dump him? No, no, I'm not saying dump him. I'm just saying like it, it, in that way that I don't know. I I just think that if if there was a way for this to solidify Fred Van Vliet's longevity, maybe in uh a, a, in his mind, like Fred Van Vliet is proving to be a starting capable point guard right now, and you can bet your ass next year if he's going to sit down with Bobby and Masai, he's going to say, "Bro, like I'm not resigning if I'm not the starting point guard." Like I think he's earned that right. That could that could happen, and at that point, you know, Lowry might just become the backup. I, I think it's it's hard to look into the, the future like that, but I think what the, the Raptors would say is, "Hey, we believed in you. Yeah, uh, we 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 brought you back when you were a free agent. Like you didn't like. I didn't hear a lot of teams buzzing around him when he was a free agent. Like." The Raptors like believed in him, like even taking that next le- leap. I think the Suns might have been hovering around, they but were. I don't think there was a- anything like real or anything there. But like the Raptors paid him the most they- anyone could have over two seasons. Um, I think was the, with the eighteen million. I don't think he could have gotten more for a two-year contract. So it's like, hey, we believed in you every step of the way. Now suddenly these teams are sw- swooping in, and it's like. Can you believe? Can you believe that what what they're saying now? Like they can make all these promises to you now, but it's like they weren't with you um, at the beginning of your career, believing in you and bringing you back. Yeah, sure, they could promise you the starting point guard job somewhere else, but then you know things could change. Like twenty games in the season, and your backup is playing well and the coach makes a a decision like nothing's guaranteed. So I I would make the pitches. The the Raptors have believed in, we believed in you every step of the way. For sure. And you can trust us. But I'm just playing devil's advocate here. (laughs) Yeah, I I know. I have no idea what Fred's going to do, but I I feel like I, I don't know. Like, 
I don't know what the the, the trade like. I would explore. I, I said I would explore a trade for, for for Fred if we're trading a point guard. I just don't know what what the trade is. Hmm. So like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna gift Lowry to anybody so we so we can secure bringing back Fred. Just like I'm not gonna trade out Fred to someone else. You know, for not not more more than I think he's worth because I think. You only trade a guy like that if you're getting what you perceive back as more. But like, I, I don't know what what the the, tra- the trade would be for 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 Lowry at, yeah. at this point. So it's like if you could if you can put together a hypothetical, I can I can weigh in on that. But with without a hypothetical, I just like I I don't I don't I don't I don't think so unless Lowry agrees and wants wants a, a trade. I just. I don't think you can do that to him. I don't think there is a hypothetical because I see no scenario in which either of these players are traded this season and they're still competing for a championship or even competing in the postseason if you don't want to take it that far. Like, there is no scenario in which trading either one of these players this season makes them better. But I do see a scenario next season or in the offseason in which Lowry's traded, Fred Van Vliet is extended, and they sort of like, I don't want to say keep their head above water because I still think they'll be competitive, but sort of have their finances set and ready for the 2021 season. Now, I know Kyle Lowry doesn't really really interfere in that because at that point he's going to be a free agent, but like I said, it does open up the books now for Fred Van Vliet. So like this is this is the catch twenty two. So in this season, there is no scenario in which either should be traded. Not because if if either are traded, then they're not going for anything. They're not even trying to make a playoff push. And what we've seen throughout this, you know, this absence of Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, like this team is holding their own quite well. Like it, it's it's if you would have told me that you know without Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, they would have went three three and two in the West Coast trip. I would have said no way. Like that's that someone on the other team must have got hurt or was load managed, but they held their own and they played pretty well and they're and they're pretty much now gelling as a unit. So I guess in this aspect, the knee jerk and the impulse reaction is to think like, okay, they can do it without these players. But I think people, you know, don't really recognize like how much uh, the regular season, specifically last year, was not a factor. Like, yes, it helped that the Raptors were seated where they were in second place. Like, I get that. Yes, that that is very beneficial in the long run in terms of the playoff run. And yes, it was great to have home court advantage. I get it. In the in the finals, I mean. But, you know, Kawhi Leonard pretty much said it. Like, these are practice games. Like, I don't, I don't know that LeBron and, and AD gave 100% of their effort versus the Raptors that game. I'm not saying that minimizes the, the, the Raptors' victory, but like th- these kind of players, these top-tier players, are notorious for not giving 110% as much as they would in the playoffs in the regular season. So I think like the impulse of saying, like, oh, th- this team is very, very good and capable without Kyle Lowry and without Serge Ibaka is kind of asinine at this point. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I think what you said is absolutely right. Like we know what happened to the 59 win Raptors under Dwayne Casey like in the playoffs what happened there. Like everyone was drinking the Kool-Aid, look at all these stats, these advanced stats throughout the season, look at this bench mob. And then it's like, yeah, bench players, they're not as good when you have to they have to play against starters when starters are playing more minutes in the playoffs. Mm. Like guys 
guys are, are different in the playoffs. I think there's a lot of players that don't show up in the playoffs that just aren't good. And then there's the few exceptions that rise above it and elevate their game. And Kawhi was one of those guys that elevates. And I think you look at this Raptors team and it's like, is Pascal Siakam the guy that's going to elevate and carry the Raptors and close, be the closer for the Raptors in playoff games and put the team on his back? We don't know the answer to that question, but I think it's hard to assume yes at this point when he hasn't done it. He hasn't been the guy in the playoffs carrying the Raptors. So I think it, it's it's hard, really... <laughs> Really hard to assume, even if this team, when this team's fully healthy, that we can compete for a title because I just don't think it's going to happen. I think you you need that that's the top end superstar. And as much as I like Pascal Siakam, I I don't think he's a top five player in the league right now. Um, Ooh, do you think he's a top five player in the East? Yeah. Okay. Right. That doesn't that doesn't really <laughs> say anything. Like. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Sorry, I interrupted your thought. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I I think people are starting to buy into this rat. Like I agree with you. People are buying this Raptors team based on the what they're doing right now in the regular season and how how impressive it's been and being down guys and how well they've been playing. But like the, pl- the playoffs are a different game. We see this over and over again every year. Like. Like we're kind of clouded now that we we've we've won a title and it's like you, you look at the years pr- prior to that it things didn't end well and it didn't end well because we didn't have that that superstar didn't have that that closer that guy that could take over and I I don't I don't see that guy I, on the roster right now I think Pascal Siakam is an all star but I, I don't think he's at that superstar level yet. Yeah, I do see, you know, not to shit all over Pascal, but there are some things that I get very, like, white-knuckled about when I watch him play, like, especially, like, when he puts the ball on the floor and he's trying to dribble through traffic. Like, that, you're not there yet, man. Like, Pascal, you're not, that's not your game quite yet. You're If you're going to dribble, you're kind of like, I dribble in the post with the with the spin move. You're not someone that's going to break ankles quite yet. Could you get there, Pascal? Sure, maybe. Like maybe that will become your game. But right now, it's just it's just not working for you. So when it comes to you know him being this superstar player that's going to shift gears for the Raptors, maybe he can kick it into another gear in the postseason. I don't know. I have yet to see it. You know, without someone else there, i.e. Kawhi. But you know, I I do feel that he does get a little timid. Or, like, lack, not lackadaisical, he gets a little, like, discombobulated, rather, when he gets double-teamed. Like, that, to me, is something that, like, it's not worrisome, but it does show that, like, this, he is sort of flawed in that nature, that he's not this guy that's going to carry the team on his back and take it all the way to the championship. I, I, I know that might be hard for people to hear, but it's true, I feel, unless you disagree. I also think with Pascal Siakam, he's he's fantastic in transition. And if you look in the playoffs, there's less of those opportunities. Right. Like teams get back on defense and it's really half court ish. And I I think it's it it's less um it's less to what he succeeds at. Like he he's he's dominant in transition. You can't stop him when he when he's out and rolling. Um 
to, to the basket. But um, in transition, we've seen him get, or sorry, in, in the half court, we've seen him get doubled and him struggle in, in a few games this season because he's just seeing a lot of bodies on him. And that's going to have, that's, that's something that's definitely going to happen in the playoffs. They're, oh, yeah. Because he, he's, he's been so good that it's like teams respect him. And they respect him. That's a credit to how well he's playing that they're going to want the Raptors to beat us other ways other than Siakam. And the team has d- done pretty well so in, in this regular season of sharing the wealth and getting the ball to the open man. And I think that's what what we've seen is the most impressive part, at least to me, is this team is... They don't care who who the ball is going towards. They don't care. Like I, I saw, is it Rondé Hollis Jefferson attempted uh, an open three the other day? It I'm did? like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I I like it. I like that. It's like, yeah, he, we know he can't shoot those, but it's just like this is this uh, this open three. This is a good shot in the NBA. If he if he starts practicing these and. You know, maybe you can hit the odd one, and maybe it's going to really, really, like, even raise our game to the next level, just having everybody that can shoot. So it, it, it's, I think, what they're, with the share the wealth right now, and, like, everybody having having some sort of a success that's playing. Like, we've, we've seen just, like, Matt Thomas, as I mentioned, Terrence Davis, like, Chris Boucher, like, all the all these guys are stepping up right now and I I don't know in a, in a playoff series if those if those guys are going to be as effective. So I th- I think that that kind of limits the the Raptors upside. You're right, you're right. You know, with with Pascal, there was someone else last year, Kawhi. This year we got Matt Thomas. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's just getting his feet wet, man. He's he's going to he's going to fall into a groove soon. You watch. You watch. Hey, he's, I think his okay. I think his on off is like slight, slightly negative right now, Matt listen, Thomas. Listen, listen, we already established <laughs> it's misleading. All right, it's misleading. Yeah, and, yeah I, I know. I just want, just want to throw that in you there. Know, you know, he he's he's you know point six percent better on defense than I thought he was going to be. Okay, you know that's, that's he does good. move a lot. I'll give you that. He 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 moves a lot. He does. Um, all right, so I guess to wrap a bow on this portion uh neither of us are advocating for either player to get traded like i I hope that's you know clear to those that are listening we don't think that today anybody should be traded on the raptors necessarily that are difference makers right like so fred van vliet and kyle lowry specifically i don't want to see either of them traded i i don't see a scenario in which they're even competing in the playoffs without them unless the return is like monumental but at that point like I, i just that's not realistic so um if you if you saw this article and you and you fell for the headline and and didn't want to click on it, Jordan, like I I feel you, but like I, I, in true Sportsnet fashion, like uh, it, it wasn't all that it seemed to be, and they just wanted the click. So a lot of angry people on Twitter. I'm just saying, calm down. Like Kyle Lowry's probably not going to get traded. I don't even think that's even a consideration at this point. Yes, they're playing well. They're playing very well. I mean, 40 assists, uh, team record. I think it was against Charlotte. That's that's awesome. Really awesome to see, especially without Lowry and Ibaka, especially without Lowry, who was like an assist machine last year for this team. Uh, but you know, don't 
go with the knee-jerk reaction. We have to see the whole conglomerate of the season. After all, it is only November at this point. There's plenty of basketball left to play. Um, so with that, we're going to take our final break. We will be right back uh, with a couple more segments. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, before we get into the two sweet moment of the week, let's talk about the city jerseys, man. What do you think of these? I don't like them. You don't like them? Why? No. It's something you could, like, the front of the jersey, at least. It's like something you could design and paint. Oh, it, like, dude, looks like a, like a high school font. jersey. Yeah, it's a, a font. Like, what else is to the to the jersey? Like, I like the, the recoloring of the back with the, the, the retro back, but... It's it's a font. What what else is nice about the, the jersey? It's the first time I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's the first time since the uh, the purple front panel, black back panel that Vince wore at the dunk contest that the jersey says Toronto on the front. I honestly don't know. I think so. No, <laughs> uh, let's. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, the the Huskies jerseys. I think said Toronto on the front too, but um. Yeah, this is, I guess, the third jersey then that says Toronto on the front. And I, I just think that's cool. I think that they, they're, you know, sort of bringing in the, the OVO aspect as they do every year and sort of colliding it with the old school factor that they've already introduced with the old dinos. I think it's cool. My only gripe... All right, so they're repping these jerseys. So this is the new Welcome Toronto theme. They're repping these jerseys November 27th, December 25th, January 17th, December, sorry, uh, February 21st, March 15th, and March 24th. That means there are no Christmas Day jerseys. And I know a lot of people were bummed. I was sort of uh, looking forward to a Christmas Day jerseys to, to be donned by the Raptors. But if you recall last year, no team that played Christmas Day had Christmas Day jerseys. They wore their city jerseys. So I guess that's the new precedent. In fact, someone responded to me on Twitter that says, ever since going with Nike, they got rid of the Christmas Day jersey aspect. So these are the jerseys that they're going to be wearing Christmas Day against the Celtics. Yeah, I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I just I, I don't like like uh, I, I like bring, bringing back the, the home, those retro home white with mm-hmm. the purple. Um I would have wanted to like spruce them up a little bit, but like I like the look of those jerseys at least. I don't like, I feel like I could design a better jersey, and I think I have on 2K before. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't, I don't like, I, I also don't like Drake, so maybe that's part of it, but like, it, it, it's a font. Yeah. It's a font. I don't know, man. I like it. it. As long as it says Toronto on the front, I, I think I I would just buy it anyway. But, like, I'm not going to buy this jersey. I, you know, I just I don't have the funds available. But, you know, it's it's all right. I like the black and gold. kind of looks like the uh, the gold Power Ranger, I guess. It's cool. Like, I, if you were to rank the top five Raptors jerseys of all time, how would you rank them? Um, I think we've done this before. But the, I like the, the black with red trim. The current ones? Like, uh, I think I liked with Bosch with the the mm. ma- the maple leaf on, on the, the back. back. Yeah, yeah. I think I like those the best. Then then the perp the old purple the retro, uh, the, the the original, 
Yeah, I like yeah. I like those. Um, you know, there, there's like I guess my Jersey tastes are are aren't great because I just ordered a Kevin Durant Swamp Dragons jersey. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, all right. Well, with that. Let- <laughs> Let's get into I did. The, I believe you. I believe you. Um, let's get into the too sweet moment of the week. It's time for the too sweet moment of the week here on the South of the Six podcast. All right. So as a reminder, the too sweet moment of the week is any moment, sequence, play, quote, whatever you want that occurred this past week that made you say, damn, that was just too sweet. So. Jordan, balls in your court. What is your too sweet moment of the week? Well, I have a bunch of things. I think in terms of explosive play that I think you usually go by, I like the Boucher dunk on Mo Bamba. Yes. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, the comment I liked this week was Fred saying that Terrence Davis should have gone for 20. <laughs> I think that, that was a sweet moment. Um, and then another play I liked was uh, I think in the Charlotte game, Fred passes to Gasol. I think he was near the paint. He kicks out to Pascal Siakam in the corner, hits the corner three. I think that's just indicative of how well the Raptors have played this season, just giving it up, finding the open man. So I like that play too. Yeah, my two sweet moment of the week, I think it's the same play. It's when Boucher blocked dollar store Kawhi Leonard in Al Farouk Amino. Aminu, rather. And uh, then he had the putback slam on the fast break directly right after. Um I don't know how people don't see how Al Farouk Aminu looks just like a dollar store Kawhi. He even wears number two. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think I think the interesting thing with Aminu is the Blazers have fallen apart without him. That's true. I, I think that's that's a big story. But a bit you mentioned Kawhi. Um, I think the sweet moment around the NBA uh, this week was him blocking, I believe it was, was it Kemba Walker yeah. for the, the game tying three in overtime. And he, uh, that he, was incredible. He dunked over Daniel Tice. Uh, that, that was, did you see his comment in the post game when they were asking to, him to talk about it? No, I, I didn't. They were like, what was going through your mind? And he was, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, I don't know what you want me to say. I called for the ball. I got it. I took, two dribbles and I jumped as high as I could to dunk over him. Like that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pure Kawhi. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say like, everyone's like buying into the Celtics, how they are competitive, uh, with the Clippers in that game. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, who's their superstar? Who's their superstar? That's going to come through for them. Because I was like kind of shitting on the, the Raptors. I'm like, we don't have the superstar. We're not, we're not going to be able to compete for a title this year. Celtics don't have one either. They really don't. And I think all this hype around them is ridiculous because don't, I don't think they have that close to that guy that's top five in the league that can just carry them for two rounds like Kawhi did last year with the Raptors where he carried us against the Magic in Philly because um, the offense was all on his back for the, those two series. And... I don't know. Yeah, Boston doesn't have that. Well, it's 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 good that you know you know that game because you know the Raptors lost to the Clippers. I want to say by like ten or eleven points. Um, maybe it was nine. I don't know. It was in that you know vicinity uh, without a fully healthy squad, right? And the Celtics lost to the Clippers by three in overtime, 
with a healthy squad. So, like, it makes you wonder, like, <clears throat> would the Raptors have still had the same kind of result if Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka were on the floor? I think it would have been a lot closer, especially with OG and Anobi on the floor. I think it would have been a lot closer. I think um, the Raptors would have held their own. They might have even won that game. Um, but then again, there wasn't a full L.A. Clippers squad because Paul George wasn't playing. So, um, I don't know. I, when it comes to the Celtics, man, I do think Tatum is is going to be very good. In fact, he's like on his way to being really good right now. I don't think he's like, you know, a, a guy to take over at all. But you know, when it comes to them acquiring someone like that, I just don't see it happening. And I don't want to get on a tangent here, but you know, when it comes to the Celtics, Danny Ainge has proven that he's not a guy to be aggressive with trades. Right, he needs to have the mentality that he is running away with this trade, or else he's not going to make it. And Masai yep. Jerry is very aggressive with with trades. Like he literally, quite literally, put his reputation on the line when it came to the Kawhi Leonard trade. Literally, when it came to dealing away DeRozan. So, do I think that come the deadline, if we're playing this way and we're still in like the first, second, third seed, that Masai Jerry is not going to push a little bit? I think he will. And I think he's going to be a little bit more aggressive than Danny Ainge will be. You know, this is a guy that passed up on Kawhi Leonard because the Spurs wanted Jalen Brown, and Danny Ainge responded, we'll only do that trade if Kawhi signs an extension. And Kawhi said no. So the trade wasn't, was axed. Um, well, you know, Jalen Brown has been playing, playing okay this season. I think the last two games he's been garbage, but, you know... He's a, he's a decent role player. <laughs> Nine points in 39 minutes against the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, li- I like dragging him just because, like, all these Celtics fans think he's better than OG. And I'm just like, no. No. Like, no. Like, every time it's always, like, points per game, points per game. And just, like, look at everything. Like, o- OG's, like, a great defender. Jalen's a pretty good defender, but I think o- OG's a bit better. And I think OG has been pretty lights out from three this season, and I don't think Jalen's good from three. Um, it, it, it's it's ridiculous. Just and I think like just um, around the league, I think people just think that Jalen Brown is better. Like casual fans of other teams, like because they didn't because their first time watching the Raptors was in the playoffs. This this last year and OG didn't play it in, right. in the playoffs, so it's like they don't know who he is. But don't you think that performance against LeBron two years ago would have been evidence enough? I don't think anybody remembers. I I, I the one I remember. Um, uh, wait, are we talking about Jalen? No, 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 no. OG. OG. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the one I remember uh, was when he locked up James Harden. That that's that's the one as a rookie. Yeah, I remember that one. All right, well, let's wrap a bow on this uh, one. This off with predictions. There are four games upcoming this week. It's important to note that we are recording this on Friday night. This should be in your podcasters Saturday morning, so you're listening to this on Saturday. Uh, so tonight, if you're listening to this on Saturday, they travel to Atlanta. Then on Monday, as I mentioned earlier, they come home to host Philly. Wednesday, they host New York for a City Edition game, and Friday at Orlando. Um, I'll let you take the floor with this. What do you think? How, how do you think this this next week is going to go, these four games? I think we lose to Philly and win the rest. I agree. I think the Philly game is going to be tough. Um, 
The only way I think we might have a chance in that, or more of a chance, is, you know, there's there's rumors that Serge Ibaka, at least last week, or earlier this week, rather, uh, Nick Nurse said there's a possibility that he's going to return Saturday against Atlanta. That seems to be off the uh, the table now. But there was a video released today of him, sh- you know, shooting around without a walking boot or anything, and he looks pretty mobile. So there's a good chance that he might come back for Monday's game against Philly. And if that's the case, it might not be as a runaway game for Philly as we're anticipating right now. Yeah, I think also Philly's had injuries. I think Embiid has missed some games or dealing with some stuff. I think Josh Richardson had something. So I don't think they're, they're completely healthy. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I just think on paper, Philly is the better team, even though I think, uh, Brett Brown is a horrible coach, but <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, in, in, in theory, the better team wins, but we, we, we often don't see that in the regular season. So you don't know. Um, I think it's interesting. Haven't we already played the Magic twice already? Yeah, we played them earlier this week, as we talked about, and the first and only time we've wrapped, uh, sorry, repped the classic Dinos. We played them, so we played them twice. This will be yeah. the third time. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's already playing them three times this this early in the season. Yeah, yeah. But then again, uh, we already played Boston game two. I know it's a month away, but I think we play Boston back-to-back after Christmas. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, we play them the 25th and then again the 28th, and that will already be three right there. Yeah, that's just two wins right there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, well, I can't top that, so we'll end it here. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate everybody listening this far. Um, If you haven't already, make sure you uh, subscribe to the show on your favorite pod device, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Um, Jordan, you know the deal. Promote any and everything you got going on, your podcast, where people can find you on Twitter. Go for it, man. Floor is yours. You can follow me at 416Basketball. I'm working on a couple of Raptors articles. So if you follow me, you'll see those articles probably, I don't know, next week or the week after. All right. Um... I will have the your Twitter link in the show as as well as the the link to your podcast so people can subscribe to that. Um, also, you know, for my fellow Americans listening, I know there are a few that do. Um, happy Thanksgiving! I hope everything's you know going your way this this coming week, and uh, you you have a great one and you stuff your face with food. But otherwise, Jordan, uh, we'll do this again soon, man. Thanks for hopping on. Terrence Ross is garbage. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Jays and Raptors. Raptors.